Alright, welcome in everybody. Episode 6 of Hatch History. Do you think we make it this far, Jake? Actually, I think it's... Just, yeah, it is episode 6. It but is episode I thought it was episode six. 7. No, not... You're one week ahead. Answer to that question? Yes, but... <laughs> that was a really hesitant yes. I didn't want to say no, because I didn't want to make it sound like I had no faith in the process. Like, man, we can... It's fucking... Yeah, we can do it. We can do stuff. We can record on shit. It'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, somehow people listen to us, so... You, you know, know what? what? Shout out to you, Brazil. You're still up there. Shout out to all of the listeners. Really. Yeah, we, especially you. Australian listeners, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we welcome every new listener, but really we appreciate anybody who's taking the time to listen to this podcast. I'll take a quick moment to be sincere instead of sarcastic. We appreciate all the love and support out there. Uh, You're more than welcome to always reach out to us. Uh, An exciting bit of news here. uh, For those of you who want to follow us on Facebook, I'm going to be creating a Facebook page for our podcast. So that's breaking news for everybody. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram. I have that Instagram page up. So if you would like to follow us on Instagram, we are on Instagram. Uh, As always, we are on Stitcher. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically any major place you're going to find podcasts out there, we are available. Uh, and if you want to email the show at any point in time, our email address is on Gmail. We are on Gmail at uh, hackedhistory101 at gmail.com. Again, it's hackedhistory101 at gmail.com. So if you want to get a hold of us, if you have some angry comments to yell at Jake, that's always yeah. welcome. <laughs> As I've said, I'm the, I'm the loose cannon in this group. We all know Jake is the loose cannon. I'm the cop of the edge. edge. <laughs> I'm the fucking Rick. What's his face from Lethal Weapon? I'm like I am the, I am the uh, basic, like white cop that is played by Mel Gibson. Oh, that's a podcast tradition, everybody. Get yeah, right there. Call while we're trying to record. Yeah, <laughs> gotta love that. Shout out to that guy. <laughs> that was my mother. Oh. Actually, <laughs> call my mother a man. All right, <laughs> don't do that. Call my mother, dude. All uh, right, but anyway, so. Uh, that was, I guess that was just served as a way of cutting Jake off, naturally. Yeah, anyway. uh, not naturally, <laughs> God, I guess, but it happened. Uh, this week, without further ado, we're going to be talking about the Iron Man himself, or the Steel, the cur- the Man of Steel. Do you call him the Steel Curtain? The Steel Curtain. <laughs> the Steel Curtain himself. That's what he called his penis. <laughs> That's what I call my foreskin, the Steel Curtain. The Steel Curtain. <laughs> God, ooh. Oh. oh. You know what, like, there's F's in the, F's in the, the, uh, the non-chat for, for fucking Joseph Stalin. Oh, this episode's yeah. getting the explicit tag, just like every other episode we've done. <laughs> it doesn't matter, we get So we're it. talking about Joseph Stalin, if you can get there from the steel curtain. <laughs> the steel curtain. Yeah, I mean, you call him the iron curtain, you call him the steel curtain, I like to call him Mr. Bones' wild communist ride, because that's pretty much what that is, so. Uh, this ride was wild and filled with a lot of death. Oh, yeah, no. Lots Almost and lots of very, death. Even by Holocaust standards, morbid amounts of death. Oh, it's like four Holocausts. Oh, pretty much, yeah. It's in there. It's in the double digits of millions, like, a Yeah, he's way... And we mountain, don't even know if that I, number's okay, total. Listen, if there's a Mount Rushmore of evil, okay... He's he's like you know he's not it's respected. Just him. He's not well he's not respected as much you know he's like you know thinking about the people on the American Mount Rushmore you know I yeah. feel like he's like the uh, shit who's on the Mount Rushmore who's on Mount Rushmore <laughs> Roosevelt Lincoln I think Washington Jefferson I feel like he's either Roosevelt or Jefferson <laughs> he's he's, one, he's definitely not as respected as he deserves to be. I would and say it's not in, in an evil sense. No, in an I'm evil not sense. saying that we should all respect. Let's Justin think about Stalin. the. Okay, let's think about the fucking evil Mount Rushmore. The who would we put on that? Oh, Mount Hitler's Rushmore. Hitler's in. Hitler's, Hitler's right there. there. Second Stalin's row. Stalin's on there. Second. That's two yes. people. Hitler and Stalin for sure. Pull pot. 
Maybe. 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 But really, I mean, after Hitler and Stalin, there's a lot of room. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I it's, feel like you could argue Genghis Khan belongs on there because he killed a lot of people. He did, but then again, he like did a lot so of He good raped shit. and pillaged he all did. the time. I know, but then still, he like secured and opened up the Silk Road. So, I mean, maybe, maybe not, but you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're like, oh shit, no, you're right. No, I mean, I'm not agreeing with you, I'm just struggling. Well, yeah, <laughs> I just, yeah. I just keep to it, man. And a fucking Ed Miller moment. Ed Miller's like, yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, if you if you out there have suggestions on who belongs on the, uh, the Mount Rushmore of evil, go ahead and seriously reach out to us on, fe- on our all, Facebook yeah. or, or Instagram, or you can uh, definitely send us an email. Tell us your picks for the Mountain of Evil. We'd love to hear it. The Mountain of Evil. Uh, if you the Mountain, the, the Mountain. Do we want to take a bet right now? How many the people? The Mountain gonna... of Evil. Yes. Or do we want to take a moment to like bet how many people are going to say your mom in the first range of comments? Uh, if you uh, if you give us some legitimate answers, we might actually shout you out on next week's show. So there's uh, some yeah. incentive to uh, give us some real answers. Uh, <laughs> but, and uh, like I do with all of my students, if you don't act like a total tool, what I'll do is I will mail you a full size king size snicker bar. <laughs> Is that a real offer? It, it might be. They're going to have to give me their mailing address, but I'll fucking do it. All right, if you give us your mailing address so Jake can stalk you. <laughs> I'm not going to stalk you. I'm just going to give you candy in a bag. That sounds really that's weird. Awful. That's worse than stalking. <laughs> I'm going to give you candy in a bag. That sounds like the worst drug reference oh, no. possible. You want to give me it's some candy even... in a bag? Oh, my God. Anywho, back right, to maybe, Stalin. All right, I'm gonna just, maybe don't give us your addresses. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just send us your Mountain of Evil suggestions, and we'll just go we'll, from there. We'll work back from there. Oh man. Okay. I was trying to let this. That would be wholesome and fucking hell. Well, that would fell off the rails. Wow. Yeah, all right. Anyway. All right, Stalin. Stalin. Yeah. Let's quit Stalin. Oh yeah. Let's uh, do it. had to do that once for the podcast. Uh, let's take a shot. It was right. shitty. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Fucking right. shoot yourself. All right. So, uh, here, let's go with the bios, my dude. Um, just like Hitler, by the way, there is quite a bit because of just the amount what he's done. But I'll, I, I literally think there's tried, a lot of interesting stuff here because not many people I know much about I tried to cut it down to not, like, because he's literally back and forth all over the place. What was this dude's real name? Oh, my God. It wasn't Joseph Stalin. No, it was not. So, here, hold on to your fucking shit because uh, the first point I have is he's born... Yosef Vissarionov Vis Jesus Christ Yosef Vissarionovich Jugal Jesus I had this on If you want to add Jake for pr- pr- pronunciations go Jug- ahead feel free to do that too. Jugashvili so you, it's really, a long one. It's a fucking... So look, I, I underlined it basically for I that same time. I don't want to try to do it. No. Dave Lucas is like, <laughs> I want to steer clear of that bitch. Uh, he's born... I don't on, need Georgian hate mail. <laughs> you can't read it. He's he is on December... He's born on December 21st, 1879 in Gory, Georgia. And we don't mean like... In Georgia, we're Georgia. not talking about... Georgia! We're not, not, not Georgia. No, not Georgia. We're talking more the like... The country of Georgia. It, the country of Georgia, which oddly enough is like the state of Georgia. Um... It's not like that, yes. <laughs> it's not like... I don't think it's like the state of Georgia. Wait, how many idiots are going to be like, man, Atlanta ain't anywhere on this goddamn map. <laughs> you're right. Cause you're in Eastern Europe somewhere there, bud. Anyway, Yosef... <laughs> Jesus. I call him this because I'm like, how many... How many guys we I'd have... I'd love to... Okay, listen, pause for a second. I'd love to see our state breakdown because I guarantee you no one from the South is going to listen to this shit because every week... I know. <laughs> it's a South joke for you. <laughs> 
It's a South joke, but like, come on, they they got it coming. They, I, yeah, but I don't think they're gonna take it that way. <laughs> Every time I, just gonna, I mean, shit, man. I would I shit on the South, but it's probably, fine. I mean, I do it too, but I mean, they're probably gonna be like them damn Yankees. Y'all goddamn carpetbaggers. Now I'm talking about my fried chicken. <laughs> so to be fair, I I take at least one shot them a week too. I was just pointing out your shot, but I take plenty of shots <laughs> in the South as well. That so. sounds like a sounds like a cry for help kind of like. I didn't take one shot. I take six or seven. <laughs> so it's like, Jesus. Anyway. Oh, uh, Georgia, not, as you may, not the state. Yeah, that's our main we, takeaway we, from today's lesson. Back, All yes. right, bye, everybody. There's a geography lesson for y'all. Right there, yeah. Georgia, not in America, but in America. So try to figure that one out. Anyway, Eosif, <laughs> Michael, Keegan, Michael, oh no, it's uh, Jordan Peele's going to fucking show up and try to narrate. It's the Twilight show. Zone. It's the Twilight Zone. I, 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 I want to be the original guy. It's the Twilight Zone. This is the name of a man who's had a very strange life. His name is Joseph Stalin. Joseph Stalin's going to ride a plane. <laughs> he's trying to sleep on the plane. This so he can't because he's just, sound of too just, much heavy metal. That's just something you can't let him sleep. He can't. Get it out of his Is it mind. Ukraine or the Ukraine? We don't know. It might have been the five million people he killed. Or maybe more. <laughs> well, well never I think know. it was five, just maybe, on that alone. Maybe it was his fuck-up son. <laughs> his fuck-up son who couldn't kill him, so, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, I know he did that. He just didn't like his son. I just, that's no, I'm saying it's what he tried to do. Anyway, um, anyway. <laughs> so, as if this couldn't already start setting up, like, a very, like, evil villainy sort of thing. He's the only surviving son of his father, Viserion Shuba... Jesus Christ. You're doing great. Shuba Vichy. I shit you not, I had that down pat when I typed it. And I'm like, a a week? Maybe not even a week, and I'm already fucking abandoned it. Anyway, he's a cobbler, so if you don't know, a cobbler's a guy who works on shoes. Uh, Not like the shitty Adam Sandler movie? Or or the fucking, um, the delicious pastry, yeah. Um, who first... Peach cobbler. Yeah, yeah. oh, he yeah. Peach cobbler. Yeah, give... yeah. <laughs> we all made the same thing. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, he's practiced his craft in a village shop, which at the time, uh, most people were going to try to refer to this. Russia is very rural and very poor at this point in time. In the 1870s... To... Most parts of Russia, there most... are some no. industrious parts yeah, of yeah, Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but at this point in time, it Mainly is... Moscow and St. Petersburg. Yeah, and then uh, later it gets to be more industrialized, but, like, right now, it's mainly, like, villages. So, basically, it's almost like a... We should point out that Russia is much much like that today. It's so, like, there are parts yeah. of Russia that are very industrious, but there's also very much... a good deal of Russia that is not... Oh, yeah, absolutely not. No, and that's just... It's sort of, like, context. So, when we talk about, like, in a village shop moving to a factory... Like, we're talking about, like, people doing, like, the artisan trade and then in the industrial Just the part that Georgia's right next to Russia. Yeah, basically. Well, yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. well, we mean Georgia, but we mean in general that part of Eastern Europe. Because it's also... Yeah, like, that won't piss anybody at, off well, at, making that statement. Well, at this point in time, it's all part of the Soviet Union. So oh, no, at this point in time, in 1879, it's all part of the Russian Empire. Oh, yeah, yeah, are right. Not that hey. yet. Oh, we're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Complex geopolitically. Oh, spoilers, dude. <laughs> Historical spoilers. All right. Anyway, so um, his dad is you know literate enough, and he then later works in a shoe factory. So at that point in time, he gets to be part of the uh, the industrialization or the early industrialization of Russia, which takes a long, long time because the emperor and Lenin later would literally say they didn't want to do it. Czar Nicholas, I think at this point, 
they did not want industrialization. They literally were fighting it off tooth and nail for some reason. It's either Zar Nicholas. Oh, Jeff Libby pissed at me right now. It's either Zar Nicholas or the guy that immediately preceded him. Because I know that once they get to the revolutionary stuff, it's Zar Nicholas who's in charge. It's Nicholas the second. Yes, yeah, the guy who's the, who, second, he's the yes. last Zar. I think this is either the Nicholas or, or the yeah. It's like a Romanoff, but it's either. Isn't it Nicholas and then Nicholas the second? Yeah, it's either yeah, it's, it's either two Nicholas's in a row. Nick the first right now. I think now, it was the first Nicholas who hated industrialization, if I remember. And then Nicholas the second sort of just carried it on from there. But he, this guy really like said, I don't no. Out of the Romanovs. I gotta go. <laughs> you got Billy D. Go. Williams only likes two things in this world, and it's the Romanovs, the Romanovs, and Schlitz Malt Liquor Beer. Not sponsored by Schlitz Malt Liquor Beer. Definitely sponsored Cold by the Romanovs. Cold 45. <laughs> anyway, uh, and oh, and this is a good one because this is literally how this uh, the website here, which is Wikipedia and notable biographies. Shout out to those two websites. His mom's name, Ekaterina which is just a mouthful in of its own fucking name, was a devotedly religious but illiterate peasant. <laughs> I don't know why they made that such an emphasis, but basically what that means is that his... She cared a lot about God, but she, could not, but she could not read the scriptures. Nope, absolutely not. You're living it, you're just not able to read it. Is, so, that, is that really fair? <laughs> that's, that's a whole life based on interpretation. Like, it's... <laughs> someone, could, love, someone, someone could literally tell her like Jesus uh, made mac and cheese fuck yeah God wants you to go sit in a river and she'd be like okay I mean to, not to lie though early religion was a lot like that but I'm also saying I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not uh, advocating for anybody to go randomly sit in a river if you're gonna sit in the river, probably that's make, on you. Probably yeah. make sure it's a shallow river and make sure you know to swim because you know. Also, don't don't try to go sit in the middle of a river in the winter because usually that's not a good idea either. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking weird. What, it, my cough? No, my fucking allergy. laugh. My laugh, my dude. Cough. <laughs> my fucking laugh was weird. Just so the viewers know, it's not a corona <laughs> cough. That was an allergy cough. Because <clears throat> asthma, man. Yeah. Asthma and allergies. Great combo. I love it, yeah. Anyway. Where you're literally on the brink of death every time spring and fall come around. I love it. It's just great. <laughs> it's great. It's amazing, man. Like, I live for that. I, lo- I do. I live for it, literally. You know who wouldn't let me live for that? Joseph Stalin. Correct. I would... <laughs> You would see who was a statistic and have you shot for no reason at all. Sure, he'd be like, this man's Idiot. not contributing to the society. Idiot at all. You didn't meet your work quota this week. Anyway, um, so after the death of his father in 1891, Yosef's mother sends her teenage son to the theological seminary in Tepil... Oh, that's perfect. Let's have him be Fucking goddammit. Give me a second. No, not you. I was talking about... Screw the town. Does it really matter? Yes, it does. Tepil... <laughs> all right, then what is it, Jake? <laughs> I, I I don't know why there's so much pressure now when this is literally like the easiest thing for me to do when I read is like oh supilacy because I'm supilacy that's what it was supilacy because it was it sounded like supilacy and I was like that can't be possible that possibly can't am be right I, am I being too sarcastic with my responses is maybe it too, too much undue pressure on you I don't know <laughs> I'm sorry sweetheart let me... <laughs> I'm sorry snowflake why don't I let me get in my fucking safe space over here I'm sorry snowflake <laughs> Oh yeah, Mark Levin's about to run wild on you. Conservative talk radio. Oh God. Thirty-five no. nine. Thirty-five That's nine. On the AM it. dial, cause nobody will listen. All right. <laughs> it's just us static, and sometimes you get baseball. Are right. you a freedom-loving American? Do you own an alarming amount of guns, like, like to a degree where your like mom is scared, like. Anyway. God. So anyway, he he goes to the seminary. 
Billy Seaton in Georgia, where he's prepared for a life in the ministry, which is just a fucking bizarre concept. Um, and shortly before his graduation, Yosef would be expelled in 1899 for spreading what is considered to be subversive views, which is basically oh. saying that they're looking to get rid of the czar. So, yeah. <laughs> From now on his own at this point now, he's a young Yosef. <laughs> Young Yosef. Then joins the Marxist revolutionaries in Tbilisi, and that's between, like, or it starts in 1899 and then goes over to 1901. Quick side note. Marx is referring to Karl Marx, for anybody who doesn't know. Yep. Karl Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto, a whole book that kind of sparked the idea of a workers' revolution and what is now... A workers' paradise, uh, too. Yeah, and what it currently is at this point is uh, a, uh, a monarchy happening in yeah. Russia up until 1917, which we'll get to, but that's when the communist revolution starts i just thought i should add some context so that people hopefully not confused because mm-hmm. not everybody might know all that little side background so oh yeah and anybody who's like well what do you mean by like this marxist business right when people talk about communism and socialism it kind of ties into that but marxism base ideas were stating that um because there was this class of rich like really rich and the really poor and then the kind of the middle class the idea was he was trying to get the workers, the lowest group, to empower themselves to basically deal, like get rid of the rich groups. Like, it would be considered well, like yeah, the essential ideal behind communism is everybody shares everything. Well, actually, what happens is first it starts in socialism, according to Marx, and then it becomes communism once they start to like share. Well, yeah, that's sort of the according to them that was their paradise concept, which unfortunately hasn't been the case. No, it, it hasn't. It really hasn't. Still, even post- China and North Korea are really not doing a good job. I'm gonna give you a D for effort on that one, North Korea. <laughs> I, you know, I can uh, talk. How, shit. how did we get to North Korea? It's because they're semi-communists. Yeah, but they're more dictatorship. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> every dictator makes all the decisions. <laughs> so does fucking the Soviet Union. <laughs> yeah, but we're. Ah. Well, actually, no. I, I would. I'll point that out only for a, a while, and then later it was uh, just the okay. Politburo. Just because. Uncle Vlad's wet dream might be <laughs> might be returning Russia back to uh back to the uh, Soviet state does not mean that they're they're not no I mean you're right all right anyway so uh, he he basically found here that when he joins the revolutionaries he shares the same political views as the group uh, we've already done that class overthrow okay um so up until that that point and then in 1901 Iosif is elected as a honorary member uh, shout out to my typing. Oh, the Tbilisi Committee of the Russian Social Democratic Laborers Party, which is the... Oh, that uh, was a real mouthful. Yeah, I know, the RSDLP. Um, acronyms! I love it! We're, like, I hate acronyms, but I love acronyms, because RSDLP sounds so much better than state speaking that out. Until, like, midway through, like, the person that's listening kind of to this is like, when the fuck did they start introducing letter, like, organization names? Alphabet soup. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. So, um... Uh, so, fuck, I lost my space. All right, here we go. Um, he, the organization is created here to form together the various elements of the leftist revolutionaries across the Russian Empire. Mm-hmm. Because, like, a lot of those, like, the labor movements, a lot of the sort of socialist movements that between, like, the early, or no, like, the late 1800s, early 1900s, they're really broken up by ideology, like, little changes. So, like, if we talk about, like, an American context, it's sort of like the labor, like, the like the labor unions movement, where, like, you'll have one group that believes in one thing and one group that believes in another thing, and then you throw, you know, religion or women's rights or, you know, civil rights into that, and they break up into sections. Sure. And, and they're all sort of like, well, if we need to try to create a, like, revolution in order to change Russia, we need to do this as a group rather than separate. Viva la revolution. Yeah. <laughs> Viva la France. Except this is not in France. 
<laughs> this is not in front. This is not in front. Shout out to the like the zero French listeners yeah. who just went on and go, screw it! Well, I tell you, I was I was interested until they fucked around and they walked away. Well, I mean, we did a whole episode shitting on Napoleon, so I don't really think we made any French friends. (laughs) I know, it's really hard to tell what they like. They either love or hate everything. Anyway. Um, Granted, we do have some German viewers, and we did a whole episode on Hitler, but I'm pretty sure Hitler's a little different than Napoleon. Well, Hitler's a little bit more different than Napoleon, and in Germany, Hitler, I mean, shout out to you two or three listeners in Germany. Hopefully you're not neo-fascists. Hopefully you're not neo-fascists. I don't know you. It's okay. Well, it's Why not okay. Why are you that be neo-fascist? I don't fucking know. Maybe it's Angela Merkel. You don't know. Do you know what? If it's Angela Merkel, madam, you're doing a great job. She and is. She really is. Just, you know what? That Brexit don't, shit, that's Don't let stupid. Trump call you names anymore. Don't don't even let Brexit bother you. Stand up to that orange man. <laughs> Stand up to that orange man. <laughs> Stand up to that pencil troll. All right. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> the brave man is taking malaria drugs that may or may not work. <laughs> Anyway, that's a whole other side. Might have a lot of other diseases. Anyway, uh, in 1902, this is great because here's where this basically sort of begins. Is kind of I literally had to like review and then re-review this re or um, this part because it's like the dates were weird because it's like well he like escapes, arrests, gets escaped again. So the first time he's arrested, Yosef is arrested and later exiled to Siberia, which everybody knows is the best. Part of Russia. I love Siberia. It's fucking great. It's it's akin to like Oklahoma in that there's nobody Oklahoma. around. I was like, I was thinking temperature rise. I'm like, what are you freaking oh, no, talking I was about? Thinking about? Population. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Fuck in the middle of I nowhere. I would have picked Alaska. 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 <laughs> Fuck me, man. All it's right. Like, it's like on the same latitude, but no. Yeah, it's, it's, it's freaking it's, Oklahoma. It's fucking not. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> anyway. It's okay. Um. So. <laughs> God damn. If anybody's wondering why we're having such a hard time, it's been a rough week for everybody around, so it's okay. Though. It's been actually goofy this week. I know, it's, it's great. Lots you know of what? goofs. Let's do it. Let's fucking, this is the outtakes reel of the fucking outtakes reel. Anyway. Uh, sit, maybe you just have to cut some factual information if it gets to that point. I know, I hope not. Anyway, uh, so he's arrested, sent to Siberia, and then he escapes in 1903 from his exile, and then in 1904 he rejoins the Marxist in Tbilisi, where the Russian movement... Eventually splits up between the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks, uh, both of which are... The Mensheviks. Yeah, I know. Both of the groups which were created due to a dispute between Vladimir Lenin and Julius Martov. Quick side note, the Mensheviks seemed just a lot more chill. They really were. And and Lenin was like, no! (laughs) Like, to everything. Like, screaming. The Bolsheviks were just such dicks. I would love to assume that the Bolsheviks at their main, like, committee meetings, like, Lenin is in there, is like, what do we, what kind of color should we make the banner? Red! And just screaming like a crazy person. (laughs) Just had the look in his eyes. If you look up a picture of Lenin, you just, I just see crazy yeah i mean huh? do you see that not crazy i just see passion like a weird i know i was i was gonna say like rasputin's where you see crazy and he's kind of like fucking you with his eyes but you know he's a creepy dude rasputin was a really creepy dude we should really do an episode on him we definitely could all right um there's so many russian people we could do (laughs) anyway um do a russian series just weeks of russian people i would love that and then in the end we make fun of putin and that's the last episode (laughs) and then we die it literally sparks podcast is over literally sparks world war (laughs) three It's like a, it's just the like the weirdest like it's just dead air for about fifteen seconds and then some like KGB agent podcast is over, go away you'll see nothing. Podcast, click. podcast is over. 
have a great week. <laughs> Podcast is over. I love to think he still sign off like have a great week. It's listen to her kiss stream, but don't listen too much. Alright? <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> so uh yeah, Yosef here joins the Bolsheviks, because why wouldn't he? Um and they don't actually give me a reason why they split, but apparently what happened was there was just like a difference in terms of like the basic. If like, I remember what, my, li- my limited knowledge from what I remember from Russian history class in college, yeah, tells me it was basically just ideology. Yeah, pretty much it was like minor ideology too, because they well, were kind of getting. They the both same. believed in communism, but the Bolsheviks were much more like, we need communism now. We need to like just like topple everything real I fast. Know. And the Menshevik's like, hey man, let's just chill a little chill, bit. We bro. can like, dude, they're like, like, right now! <laughs> dude, they're like, the Bolsheviks are like the dudes at the beach who are doing the volleyball, and then the Mensheviks are like the dudes, the stoners on the beach, who are like, man, I can feel the eat. You, can play, you can play chill beach volleyball. Yeah, dude. I mean, we didn't with us when we tried to do volleyball in college because we were screaming Das's mind across the thing to the other team. No, we... Are you, are you testing on a volleyball team? No, I hell no. I was proud team. of that. That was great. That was that was one of my favorite moments of you, our You're having team. a... Like, you're, like, listeners right now, he's not breaking eye contact with me. He's like, <laughs> tell me true, motherfucker. Tell me, did you like it, yes or no? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Back uh, to the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks. Yeah. So, uh, during... Also, the, shout out Lydia for screaming Das's mom. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I tried multiple times, I was like, no, I can't. Anyway, during the failed 1904 to 1905 revolution, Stalin became kind of like a Robin Hood type character. Basically, what that meant was he organized bank robberies and raided, excuse me, money transports. And raided births, got it. I yeah, love it. raiding and in raiding panties, panty raid. And anyway, <laughs> yeah, they were raiding money transports as the party was in dire need of funds. This was actually supported by Lenin and disapproved by the other Marxists because they thought, well, if you're resorting to robbery and probably killing people, then that's not a good idea. So, yeah, fuck you, Dad. Anyway, just like, that's basically what he does, is he just says, fuck it, let's do it. So, Yosef would participate in multiple RSDLP congresses at Tampere, London, and Stockholm in 1905 and in 1906. He would actually meet Lenin for the first time in Tampere. Um, in 1912, Lenin recruits Yosef into the General Committee of the Bolshevik Party, which is a good step up. Uh... Yosef sends a good por- or spends a good portion of the years between 1905 or sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so basically they're 19 actually no, yeah, no, it was between then, but then at that point in time when he gets recruited actually into the Central Committee. Uh and once he's in the Central Committee, what he would basically have been working on between like 1905 and 1912 he continues doing, which was he was working on basic organization of the party and streamlining his functions while residing in Baku, Russia. Uh, during that time, the secret police under the czar would arrest him multiple times, and multiple times he would escape. Because I don't know what the fuck they're doing wrong over there. <laughs> well, you know... Like, ten, twelve times? Like, you guys are, like, just like, fucking just he, kill him, he, I guess. Here's my, uh, here's my... Here's what I think. I think some people that worked in those in those prisons were Maybe. definitely allies probably, of the Bolsheviks. Probably. Yeah. Like, I, that's a pretty fair guess. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to go ahead and say that it was definitely Power the Power of the people. There's and no if, way in hell you, you escape that many times yeah, without, probably not without, without some inside help. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, uh, after his... One of the final... Or, like, one of the last, like, minor escapes, he makes his way to St. Petersburg, where, until Lenin's return from exile in Switzerland, he was sort of the senior Bolshevik in the city of that district, and he was the editor of the parody newspaper Pravda in 1912. So a lot was going on for him in 1912. Basically, that's sort of when he changed his job from being, like, the organizational guy to, like, being the Robin editor. Uh, 
Uh, eventually, during a return from Vienna, the police arrested Josef, and he's exiled to the isolated village of Turkansk. <laughs> Oh, isolation. This man's Trukansk. I love that name. It's like a, I had to do a, that in... He's a regular Napoleon. I know. I had to literally do that in a fucking German accent in order to get that Trukansk? out. Trukansk? Trukansk. Trukansk. All right. <laughs> Beyond the Arctic Circle where where escape was... If you like to learn more about pronunciation, check out Jake's pronunciation. Hooked on phonics. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're, they basically put him at a point where escape Fuzzy. was... I'm sorry. Oh, God. God, man. That's, that's, that nickname now has gone horribly wrong for that company. The word muzzy now is just, like, derogatory in general. I mean, they tried. They, they tried, man. The company. It's, it's not okay. their fault. Hey, man. It's all right. The yeah. 1990s was nice and fun. We went I to war. the 90s, and, man. We went to war in fucking Iraq or Egypt or wherever the fuck it was. Iraqistan? Iraqistan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, um, he, again, up in the Arctic Circle, where escape is measurably more difficult, he would remain there until the fall. Oh, fo- you think? Yeah. <laughs> he would remain there until what we call, like, the fall of of Tsarism, but really he, like, remained there until the actual revolution itself happens. Um, wherein he would adopt the moniker Stalin, or Man of Steel in 1913. Am, oh, and I here's... I Man of Steel. Here, yes. <laughs> here's where... This is a slightly fucked up fact, but something that we need to know that if you wanted to hate him more, here we go. During this time there, Stalin meets Lydia Pepriginia. She's a 13-year-old who eventually gives birth to one of his sons, Alexander, oh, in 1917. Oh, God. Why? It mentions... In it, because I want us to hate this man. That's why. Well, I'm sure I'm I'm already there. I was there before we started. I know, and now you hate him more. He's also a pedo. Surprise, surprise. Oh. Anyway, um, did anybody ever want to know what happened to Alexander? Surprise, he doesn't give a fuck about that kid. He let him. He just abandoned that family, and they don't exist anymore. Well, maybe they do, but we don't know what happened to them, is what you say. No, he just abandoned them, and that family was just, like, back in the woodwork. But, like, we don't, like, nobody cares, I guess. I hate to say that, but I'm never, like, don't, like, huff and puff at me, motherfucker. I'm not huffing and puffing at you, I'm just at the situation. I know, it's bad. (laughs) I thought you were going to be, it's awful. It's lit! (laughs) No, it's not lit. It's most definitely not lit. It's lit in the worst way possible. (laughs) Oh, anyway, so gosh. following this exile, he returns again to St. Petersburg unhindered and continues his work with Providence until Lenin's return. Uh, which, shout out, if anybody wants to know how Lenin got there, the Germans let him in. Oh! <laughs> That's right, the Germans gave him assistance to bring him I back into Russia. I do remember that, yes. Through a train that, <laughs> uh, that ended up probably being the worst mistake they could possibly do. <laughs> oh, gosh. Ooh. Anyway, um... So, now, back in St. Petersburg, and yes, I use St. Petersburg instead of Leningrad because... It's not that yet. Um, Lenin does return. Stalin remained in the high council of the party, but retained only a minor role in the preparation of the October Uprising in 1917. So he does have a hand in it, but he's not, like, right there on the front line. Um, Once the Tsar abdicates his throne in 1917, the Soviet governing body takes its place. Stalin takes the position of the People's Commissar for Nationalities due to his Georgian background and oversaw... Oh, he he cares a lot about diversity. He gives a hot minute about it. Although he doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. At, yeah, it's kind of weird, because there are some things that he did do that makes him really conflicting. Like, he doesn't, but he does. And so, the Georgian background, he oversees maintaining the party morale and loyalty, because they were like, so, for anybody who's on, like, like, Kamazar nationalities, what the fuck does that mean? Russia is not just Russia. 
And the Communist Party was not just Russian. It was like Georgian, Ukrainian, Lithuanian, Estonian, Latvian. You know, it was a bunch of shit. The Eastern Bloc. Yeah, pretty much. Well, what we would consider the Eastern Bloc. So the problem was that in order to make this work, right, a bunch of nationalities that speak, like, different languages and have different, like, cultures, they don't see eye to eye on just about anything. Right. And yeah. unfortunately, the, too, there's, like, this huge issue with, like, Russian chauvinism, where they're like, Russia is the biggest country, therefore we should exact our culture. Of course, money. yeah. So they're trying to like not have that happen, even though they did. So, oopsies. Um, so oh, Jesus Christ! Within the party, Stalin rose to the highest ranks and became an active member of both the Politburo and the Org Bureau. Shout out to that name. Yeah, and, yeah the Politburo, <laughs> and became the leading member of the party secretariat under the appointed secretary general in 1922. So he's got a lot of power. Oh, yeah. Um, here's the problem with that. As the secretary general, Lenin showed his appreciation for Stalin's ability to act as a politician and as a troubleshooter, basically meaning he was a go-to man in, like, if we have a problem, you can solve it. And um, <laughs> that has some very scary connotations when you say it like that. Yeah, it does. The strength of Stalin's position in the government and the party was anchored by his generalship, which gave him control over party personnel administration, which meant he could oversee admissions, training, work assignments, promotions, disciplinary matters. <coughs> Perfect. So if anybody wants to know what's the big deal with that, uh, if you want to be a dictator, the worst place you could possibly be would be the place where you can literally choose the people who will work for you. Like, that's the worst thing ever. Um, during Lenin's illness and death in 1924, Stalin served as a member of the three-man committee that ran the affairs of the party and the country. Stalin represented, for the time, the conservative wing of the party and aimed that aimed to stay true to the revolutionary ideals. Uh, the other two people in there were Trotsky, I'm sure. I'm trying to remember the name of the yeah, third guy. Leonid Trotsky, and then there was a third guy, but I'm trying to remember who he was. Um... Regardless of who that is, Trotsky is kind of the main important member because Trotsky's like the thorn in his ass until Mexico. Um, oh, yeah, but, until he gets rid of Trotsky. Oh, yeah, and he gets rid of him hard. He's like, here, you live in Mexico now. And then you die. Yep. Spoiler. Anyway. And he exiles him to Mexico, and then he kills him. Literally yeah, just someone kill him. him. Yeah, I think in 1940, I think he did that. Anyway, um, Stalin and his spokesman, Nikolai Bukharin, Bukharin, it was Bukharin, warned against the aggressive revolutionary tactics in favor of a more cautious approach and focus on, like, the new economic policy because at this point in time now... He's like, hey, guys, maybe we should... Let's just chill. Important. Let's What's weird about this is that literally this is the moment where Stalin says chill, and that's terrifying to me because they basically needed to get the country rebuilt because by this point in time with World War One, Russia is, like, losing hard. Well, if you think about it, too, if you're also Stalin, you, you can... I mean, he wasn't stupid. He saw why people no, he, did, has, he, he has, saw why people didn't like the czar, and a lot of it was economic disparity. Oh yeah, and it was <coughs> and the basic like lack of work on anything. Like the czar was like fucking useless. He was. He's fucking useless. Okay, well at that point in time too, it's important to to say that there there was significant concessions made by yeah uh, by each significant subsequent czar to the point where by that time. Nicholas II had, like, uh... Yeah, I mean, he... The Dumas, which are basically legislation. Oh, that was bad. Uh, the Dumas did not work out. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. There were legislative a, bodies, but they... It's didn't. a very... It's kind of like a like a regional congress of sorts, but it, it basically, long story short, is, like, Russia has a lot of tumultuous shit that happens, so you can't always blame, like, one person. Um, it's a complicated process of fuckery. Yeah, pretty much. 
Uh, Stalin secures his position against the party's leftist elements through a combination of gradual removal of the opposing party members and assassination, i.e. Trotsky. <laughs> Basically meaning either A, he muscles you out, he either wins you over, or he outright kills you, because that's effective. <laughs> it really is. Um, oh, Stalin. Oh, buddy. By 1927, Stalin stood as the party's supreme leader and began installing his allies in key government positions. Uh, what they basically, at this point, what I used the term was literally, he was not a dictator yet. He was literally known more like a leader of the oligarchs than a dictator. But uh, between 1927 and 1941, Stalin began the process of upgrading the economy, industry, and the agriculture of the Soviet state, which had struggled to regain after World War One. Because, like, the casualty count was huge, and their fucking, like, destruction of a mostly rural society was terrible. They were literally, like, starving to death. Well, because a lot of times, you know, the people who are going to be sent to war are going to be the men in those families. And, and the and farmers. At that point in time, yeah. those are the people who controlled the economy. Plus. Which, I'm not saying is right, because now we know that that's definitely not the right approach. Yeah. I mean, I knew that my whole life. I'm just saying the world is caught up to knowing that's not the right approach. No, and, um, and on top of which, when war happens in the continent of Europe, usually Russia gets hit hard agriculturally anyway because of the fact that there's, like, no body of water to separate them. You know, or, like, where Germany would start shit, like, most, they try to pull all their shit into the center of Germany. Like, Russia can't do that. All of their farming is on, like, the western part of the country. Yeah, and, and to this day, Russia has, like, a, an awful amount of natural resources. They really don't have much. They have oil. And gas. And, and that's about it. Yeah. And but, that's really and, and what is made Yeah. And, and that's kind of the thing. Like, they're an ecological nightmare. Yeah, their natural resources are just not plentiful. No. Anyway. Um, sorry for shitting on you, Russia. Well, it's important to understand the economic situation that the Russians yeah. in. Because it and it's not really able for a lot of what Stalin decides to do. Yeah, and to be honest, it's like, yeah. Because what was needed was like this really radical change in how people were doing stuff. Well, right? because at this point, at this point in time, they start building like just a literal F-ton of factories. Right? Oh, fuck yeah. No, yeah. They, they push hard on factories and industrialization. And like literally, these are, those were like factories where like they could literally put them up and like and, oh, what and, was the... And, like, take them down and move them somewhere else. Oh, that was during the war, yeah. Where they would yeah, literally take a whole just, factory, put it on a train, ship it over the mountains, and set it up. Which, honestly, is fucking impressive. It's impressive. Like, not so impressive the fact, though, that when they would set the factories up, they had no place to house the workers in the winter. Oh, yeah, that part's not good. People fucking died. No. A lot of people died. Why can't they just transport some fucking huts? You know, I don't some know. heated huts. I don't know. I really don't. Like, that's so weird to me. Anyway, um, these co- collectivization plans would ultimately be successful, but they came at a high cost for the workers and the factories and the farming peasants in the fields, where those that failed to set quotas were removed and were imprisoned for being upper-class criminals. So basically, kulaks at first. Uh, what a kulak basically is, for anybody who's wondering, is like the the word basically means like an upper-class farmer, and a lot of what would happen in the villages around this time would basically be like one person would store food because eventually all the food you would have to farm would not be able to go to you it would literally go to the state where the state would then divvy it up but mm-hmm. the problem was there wasn't enough so a lot of people would because you you had people lying about how much they were producing or and, and you had tried people, to stockpile yeah, and then when people would find the stockpiling those people would be arrested or shot or sent to gulag because well, this what you had like tax collectors constantly coming around oh, yeah to, like, it was it net what you that's had. what it was it was net men that's what they yeah. were called and well, the, essentially they were tax collectors yeah they're basically like the like a, a hardcore tax collector where if you don't like if you he doesn't audit you he just takes you out back and shoots you in the back of the head so See, well either that or they sent him to gulags which. Stalin, times Stalin loves sending people to gulags. Dude, he serves so many gulags. It's great. Uh, which, essentially, 
It's like a concentration camp. There were concentration camps before concentration camps. And a re-education camp. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, really strange. They were just awful. No, um, they were bad. And they were like the worst parts of the world. Like in Siberia was the worst place you could go. Also, and not a lot of people come out of just those. Just as a side note, uh, just a lot of people give Russians a lot of credit for the what they did in World War II. I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. But Russian people also hated Jews. A lot of them did. Oh, yeah. Not all of them, but, you know, some of the... And we talked about this in previous episodes, but... You know, things like the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, that's first published in Russia, I want to say, mm-hmm. like, in 1909 or something yeah. like that. Uh, and then there are there are things called pogroms that happen consistently for the next couple of decades, uh, almost, I think, actually almost leading up to World War II, in which, you know, people just basically go and kill a bunch of Jews because... Oh, they'd, like, raid a village of Jews and they push them out and set yep. them places and, you know... If you've ever watched Fiddler on the Roof, as the movie it goes, there literally is a scene where they have a pogrom that they send the Jews out and they start, like, trying to go to Jerusalem. So that's, that's, a, that's another thing to realize while that's going on while all of this stuff is going on, so... Yeah, like, and to be honest, too, um, we skipped past the whole fucking Russian Civil War bit because he really didn't have a hand in it, but it's going on. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, like, just more damage. Anyway, um, so, you know who else he apparently hates? And he hates these people a lot. Is, um, parts of the Soviet Union, specific parts, he would have them suffer from famines. Like the Ukraine. And that's right. I that's... said the fucking Ukraine, not Ukraine. Well, and see, <laughs> that would hurt me because, uh, I, think I, t- I don't know if I've told you this before, Jake, but my great-grandma, like, originally came here from the Ukraine. Did she, like, leave because of that, or was uh, that, like... You know, so she left in... I want to say she was born in 1919. So it's entirely possible, possible yeah. that part of the reason I am fucking here today... Is because of that. It's because... This hut's close uh, to home. You hear me, motherfucker? Yeah, I mean, well, no, I mean, it actually does. Like, I mean, like, I'd be willing to bet that that's one of the reasons they left. Oh, I bet, yeah. I mean, that was the reason why... Because they probably... They would have been a farming family. Oh, no. And I... God, this is awful. I, I hate, hate to say I it. I hate connecting all these dots. <laughs> the problem was like this. When we did the Hitler one, I realized way, way back that my the, the Czech and the Polish ancestors on my side, the majority of them that came over in 1938, 1939, were lucky enough to fucking get out in time before shit went south. So, yeah. anyhow. So, I mean, but like, but no, but really, like, honestly, like, the fact that, like, that, 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 like, that literally probably is yeah. a byproduct of the reason I'm here, like... Yeah. It's just interesting side you, note. You, you, know? got, you can thank Stalin. If you weren't, if he wasn't for fuck him, you, you wouldn't be here <laughs> in America. I don't wish that on anybody. Though. Fuck the famines. <laughs> he killed five million people. I'm not thinking that bad. Oh, buddy. I mean, trust me. Um, so what happened here? I want to tell you on some numbers because people were like, "Well, it's just as bad as Hitler, right? Hitler was bad, or he was worse." Stalin is so much worse than Hitler. So much worse. But honestly, I hate making that comparison because it's like they're both awful people. Oh no! I mean, it's just just by sheer numbers. Anyway, we we technically are going into a misconception right here that we probably shouldn't be. But the what? Let's get some like base numbers You're on this. Towel. Fuck you too. Anyway, from those famines due to the agricultural collectivization, the casualties and death counts to the tune of an estimated 68 million people. Four to five of which would be Ukrainian. Like, the Ukrainians hit get hit real fucking hard. The Russians don't, but they, there are deaths. And to be honest, when we're quoting numbers in this podcast, remember, these numbers are not fucking accurate. Like, there could be way more. Like, the, the KGB killings, the NKVD killings, there are, like, documents they torched a bunch of shit. Like, and they've lost a lot of stuff. So there's probably even more, maybe millions more people have been killed. But, um... Which is just... Phenomenally awful. It is phenomenally awful. You know, it's not lit. It's not meant. 
Fuck you, millennials. It's none of those anyway. <laughs> so part of Stalin's dictatorial approach was to create like rigid guidelines and definitions of culture in the Soviet Union and establish like a society code. It was a society code that focused on family units and motherhood and the recriminalization of homosexuality. Uh, restrictions on abortion, divorce, and the abolition of the Soviet Women's Department, which was doing some good work until he said, fuck off, basically. Like, that's just how that went. Yeah, and David Lucas is like, eh. Uh, I'm just, I'm biding my time. Man, you just bide your time. All right, anyway, during the 1930s, Stalin begins the removal of real or perceived enemies of the state, expanding the powers of the NKVD, which is like the secret police here. That's the political police. It would spell death, torture, and extreme fear slash paranoia amongst the population, um, of which those people affected are apparently 20 million or higher. Um, this is where we start seeing the first show courts and purges of his staff. Oh. Yay! <laughs> it doesn't ring a bell in modern times at all. No, no, it doesn't. What? Roger Stone, Michael Flynn. I didn't say that. <laughs> I don't actually know how to react to that. Was that a, like a conservative or a liberal one? I don't know. Oh, it's liberal because those trials are show trials. Like they, oh, yeah. they literally are getting. The Justice Department is trying to. Oh, I was thinking like the Brett Clinton. Kavanaugh hearing, which no, was a show I mean, trial. No, that's a show trial, but like. Just think of it even more recently with, like, what's been going on with Michael Flynn. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Justice Department is literally trying to pardon him, even though there's outstanding evidence that he did exactly what he said he did, and he admitted to doing exactly what he said he did. I know, it was basically, like, putting your hands over your eyes, when putting, like, fucking gotten in your ears and running around saying, I can't see or hear you, therefore I'm invisible. I mean, it's a different type of show trial, because let's just, let's compare. Well, okay, because this is not a show trial, which ends up in a firing squad. Well, as far as a comparison goes here, this was more like, okay... Let's say you didn't meet your work quota for like three months. Yeah. yeah. It's like you show up and uh and they're like, oh you didn't meet your work quota. You didn't get into defense. They just shot you. <laughs> oh yeah, no. And then it's like, oh guilty, 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 guilty. Yeah. Basically, yeah. It was like it's basically what happens to a lot of people here. It, it, like I said, it it was basically the concept of like, and I'm gonna plug it now, but I want anybody who's listening to this to watch the movie Death of Stalin because it gives you a really it's a great movie actually accurate look at how they dealt with political prisoners like there is no like there's no there's no rights this is a country that refused to sign the geneva convention so pow's get fucked hard <laughs> so um anyway uh, a russian prisoner would not be a fun time dude yeah and there's a fucking interesting situation with that that i'll bring up later so in 1939 uh stalin does briefly side with nazi germany to invade poland the old molotov ribbentrop pact and then between 1941 and 1945, Stalin serves as the CNC of the Soviet military during the Second World War against Germany and Japan. Um, anybody who would like to know, yes, he thoroughly kicked the Nazis' ass. Thoroughly kicked the Nazis' ass. And um, at that point in time now, Stalin in Soviet Union in general now holds pretty much all of Eastern Europe up until I think about like Central Germany. We'll get... We'll Alright, so you skipping to the end of World War II already? Pretty much, but oh, you the, can... The, you... One, the one thing I would like, yes. I'd like to add with the reason that Stalin ended up switching sides is because he figured Hitler was trying to attack him, and he's like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I know. Hitler's trying to kill me. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> it's not like Hitler to flip-flop on deals. He didn't do that like eight times. Yeah, no, God, no. Well, um... <laughs> like the fucking end of... <laughs> Well, so, so, I mean, but then after that, you know, yeah, exactly, you... I mean, the, I'll, the one thing I do want to say about that campaign, though, just really quickly, is uh, the reason that they won that campaign, essentially, is because Stalin threw literally millions of Russians into the Germans to get them to be able to stop. Oh, yeah. Like, just 
they almost won by sheer attrition. Like, weather, oh, no. Like, like okay. weather helped, but when you have, like, 10 million potential, people? like, people to throw at okay. yeah. two to three million people attacking you, yeah. unless unless you're just completely incompetent, you're going to win that if you're willing to take casualties. Dude, I mean... And he was willing to take oh, casualties. Oh, he was totally willing to take casualties. And, okay, so so another thing about the World War II, and we're not going to focus on this because, obviously, there is still some stuff to talk about in his history, was the, um, was the commissar's order... That he, oh no, that was Hitler that did the commissars. Um, what was the name of it? Fuck. It was, well, anyway, basically, I, for lack of a better term, it basically was this statement from Stalin that said any soldier that retreats will be gunned down by commissars. So, like, in the, like, advance on Stalin, He literally was saying, guys, just walk in the fighting squad or you will be shot if you walk away from Oh, no, them. and we're talking, like, people who were going straight off the vol- on the Volga, like, into Stalingrad with, like, no rifle, no ammo. And then the people... Because they ran out of guns! They ran out of guns because everything was in such a fucking shit state of affairs. And then the commissars were like, put a Maxim or a machine gun at the back. And the guys would fall back and they just gunned them down and say, Next wave! Go! It's like... Well, and see, this, this is where you like run into a lot of... I'm not laughing at... Like, this is... I'm not laughing at... <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing at the people dying. I guess you are, but... I, I'm not. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> the one thing... The one thing I will say that this uh, really brings up, though is although they had all of those factories, they were just awful at, like, coordinating things. Oh, yeah, they were dog-shitting which, 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 is, which is literally going to be, is a theme, basically, in the history of the Soviet Union, is their inability to coordinate things. Like, yeah. Even if, even if they had large-scale production potential, like, for one reason or another, like, they just never were able to produce, like, the amount of shit that they were supposed to be able to produce. Yeah. I mean, and, and later in the war they do, where they literally, like, just... Like you said, through sheer attrition and numbers, and then later with tanks, like the Soviet army was the biggest in the world in armor at that point in time, and they pushed hard and fast. Like they don't know the meaning of the word stop. Oh no! And <laughs> in, in more ways than one. <laughs> Berlin, 1945. Oh god. Anyway, um, anybody would like to know what's going on with that? Read a book. I'm not going to explain it to you, but it's bad. It's real so, bad. So essentially, World War Two ends. Yeah. Um, and he's in full control, right? Of all that part of Eastern Europe and Germany, and particularly Berlin. And at this point in time now, right, we start getting into the Cold War, and to sort of alleviate a lot of the facts of the Cold War, that people, I'm sure... Well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk much more about the Cold War in the show, because I love talking dude, about Dude, I Cold love War. it. It's great. You know, I, actually, I know we're in your next week now. I've already made a decision. Hey. I'll let you know at the end of the show. All right. A little tease. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Anyway, so um, so following the war, Stalin now controls all of Eastern Europe and most of Central Europe and placed a major emphasis on rebuilding the Soviet Union and the removal of traitors in the Army, Navy, and Air Force in order to re-educate those who had been POWs. Um, side fact, uh, most people in America, when we consider POWs, we kind of like, we, we, we prop them up because we, we do, right? John McCain is a good example of this. In the Soviet Union... <laughs> You went from a fucking concentration camp in Nazi Germany, and as a Russian prisoner, your servant, your chances of survival are much lower. And yeah. literally, they're picked up by the political uh, like commissars and thrown into another prison camp because they're like, you surrendered on purpose. Yeah. Just <laughs> so like the what delusion the, was surreal. What the fuck? The, 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 the delusion there was real. Oh yeah. Um, I want to get a quick second to plug a book. Um, Go ahead. For anybody who's really interested in post-war. Uh, just kind of like what happened after World War II. There's a really interesting book called Six Months in 1945. Oh, it's great. by Michael Dobbs. Uh, yes. And this book uh, 
And this book kind of talks about the conference in Yalta after nineteen four, like after the war, uh, where you have Roosevelt, Stalin, and Churchill, sort of like the. Oh, tight. I think it was it Truman actually, because Roosevelt died before. No, Yalta. Roosevelt was there. Oh, was he there in Yalta? Oh, it was Yalta, and then yeah, they did something. Yeah, he died else. after Yalta. Tehran he, was the one where I think. But we're, but Roosevelt no, Roosevelt was at Yalta. It was at, if one of the con- I think it's Yalta. I'm ninety five. It is Yalta. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Roosevelt was there. Uh, and that's interesting because that's that's at the end of his life too. But you really get a really unique and interesting perspective out of how all three of them are dealing with it. Oh yeah. And it's just really interesting because all of those guys have massive egos, obviously. Oh god. And like it just talks about having Roosevelt having dinner with Stalin and just like Stalin's general demeanor and the way he. Was... Oh man, I read the book by the way because I was like, dude, I'm totally down. Even though I was like, I'm not sure if I'll like it. I'm like, oh my fucking god, this is. It's great. a great book. So if if anyone's really interested in just sort of like. Uh, global politics after the world World War Two. I definitely recommend that yeah. book. I'm not sure if it's the same. And it, it sets it sets up the it really sets up the start of the Cold War. Yeah, it really explains it really it. explains the differences and ideologies between the three people and kind of how both uh at this point uh, Great Britain and the United States are able to sort of like head towards one side and like how there's sort of inseparable differences on. Yeah, the Russian side. So. Yeah, so and I think it's the same Michael Dobbs. It does a book about the Cuban Missile Crisis, which Probably. is like the cruelest book ever. It's great. Anyway, so, yeah. so uh, as the Cold War gains speed here, Stalin begins seeing the threat from the West and begins establishing the basis for the Soviet Union to handle what is known as imperialist aggression. So th- I kind of knocked it up to three big things here because there's a lot of shit that was going on. Um, number one is the atomic bomb project. The, the, the yeah the old Rosenberg situation. Um, number two is the solidification of Soviet power in Europe. That means basically getting rid of all the opposing people they kind of missed when they first rolled through, and sort of like you Czechoslovakia or no yeah you Czech Republic you Slovakia you Yugoslavia you are all going to be puppets and basically making puppet states and also propping up sort of like Soviet regimes. This is where the real Iron Curtain forms. Yeah, this is where what what Churchill noted as the Iron Curtain at this point. Um, And that's really where they start solidifying their border. This is where you have things like... uh... Oh man, what was I don't the think West... it's the Berlin Wall. No, no, it's not by no, that point. But what was the Western Pact that they... Um, NATO, right? Mm. Or are we thinking of something else? I don't think it's NATO. Maybe it is NATO. No, it's NATO, and it's kind of weird because it isn't originally NATO, but it changes hands. And then the other one's like the uh, the um, the Warsaw Pact. That's the Russian side. Yeah, and then you, then you also have the Marshall Plan. Oh, the Marshall Plan, good old Marshall Plan. I now fully understand that from years in high school, people saying, you know, the Marshall Plan. I'm like, what is the Marshall Plan? You know, the Marshall Plan. Don't fucking say that. If no, all the viewers, do you want to explain it now? No, I do. No, so basically what, um, <laughs> yeah, I know there, absolutely. Yeah, just the Marshall Plan, guys. <laughs> I took it with real Wisconsin in there. Yeah, I know definitely there. Oh, no. keepers. Oh, yeah. Just explain the oh, freaker, yeah. okay? <laughs> oh, my God, I'm being old over here. Anyway. Yeah, either shit or get off the shitter. <laughs> That's a great one. I'm still <laughs> trying to, we keep throwing ourselves off. Anyway, Marshall Plan basically is like this, um, well, it was designed by... General Marshall, who was in the American Army, or it's Army John Air. Marshall, right? It's a John Marshall, I believe. He's just John Marshall. I, I believe, if I'm not wrong, he's in the Air Corps or he's in the Army, one of the two. But Marshall's general plan was basically like, okay, Europe is a fucking shit show because we've just gotten done with another world war, and uh, basically what we need to do here is we need to figure out a way to keep communist regimes from popping up in Western Europe. Like, in France, they're having that problem a little if bit. If I remember, it essentially involved a lot of airdrops of, like, food and supplies. Actually, that was a Berlin airlift. 
but the Marshall Plan overall was this idea of pumping hundreds of billions of like dollars from the U.S. into foreign like aid, ah. and basically rebuilding. So it was like a soft power approach. Trump would hate this plan, dude. Trump hates any plan that isn't made by yeah by him. Um, but this is like a like total Kush daddy. Yeah, that good old Kush daddy. <laughs> we haven't seen. Jail He's the Kush. White House's goodest boy. Where the fuck is he? Where's Kushner? Where's, Where's Jared? Kushner? Where's Jared? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the Marshall went to Jared. I try to remember the jingle for Jared. I don't remember. Anyway, anyway, uh, so anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's what the Marshall Fund is. Is like it's just this huge funding effort. Okay. And then later, like, when we start seeing like these back and forth, like the the Russians like blockade Germany, the Americans. That's the the Berlin. That's the Berlin era before they start dropping stuff into Berlin. Because basically, Berlin at this point in time is kind of like this really weird island of like. Ich bin ein Berliner. Yeah, he is a jelly donut. Jonah. That's not no. Fucking, you know what? Yes. (laughs) Anyway. Um, so what happens here is that, like, for an idea of, like, why Berlin is sort of a huge issue, and yes, we are going off topic a bit, the fact is that in Berlin, at the end of, like, World War II and the Cold War, you have, like, Germany, which has the Iron Curtain there, uh, basically running almost, like, kind of deep through the center, but Berlin is more towards... Well, because the, the Berlin Wall is, like, where the Iron Curtain stops, well, like... Actually, no, because Berlin's deep in Soviet territory. The Berlin Wall's inside the city, but the actual, like, border itself goes way deeper. So, like, Ger- Berlin itself is more to the east of Germany, towards, like... It's kind of weird. Yeah, but, Berlin, but it separates West and East Berlin, doesn't it? No, because... Uh, well, West and East Germany, doesn't it? Well, no, see, West and East Germany's border is a little bit further to the west. Uh, and, no, it's just... It's complicated. Okay, let's... I feel like we're getting way too off time. Right, no, but let's... the point basically being is that why Berlin is such an issue, if you ever read, like, Cold War stuff, is that Berlin had U.S. or, like, the Western powers, so, like, British, French, and American zones... And then there's the Soviet zone, and then Berlin itself is within the bigger Soviet zone of Germany, like their basic border of like East Germany. Oh, so they're an island. Yeah, pretty much. And then like that is like a huge fucking issue for the Western powers. <laughs> Great plan. It's like it's it's mint right there. Anyway, so uh yeah, and the last one, my favorite one, the one he's known for, crushing uprisings and supporting communist movements in other countries. So China is a big one. They actually started kind oh, of supporting. He supported Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, internet. <laughs> oh man, Tiananmen Square. Anyway, um. Oh no. So anyway, what happened was um, yeah, it basically is in China because they have their civil war going on. They started supporting like the um, the communist movement in French Indochina, which is now Vietnam at this point, and uh, good old fucking crushing the Czech uprising. In the 19, late 1940s, early 1950s, oh if you want pictures of that, there's literally pictures of T-34s just gunning down civilians. It's great. Gosh. Anyway, um, so Stalin is technically in what's considered to be the prime of his job in life at this point, right? He's in his 40s, I think, or like in his mid-50s. He hasn't lived very long. Oh, dude, the way he dies is fucking amazing. I love this. We gotta be pretty close to death now, because oh, like, he, he only lives We are, only because... On March 1st, 1953, Stalin found, finds him semi-conscious on the floor of his DACA and concludes that he suffered what is known as a cerebral hemorrhage, which is basically like an aneurysm. Fun fact, the man was sitting in a pool of his own urine for about four hours. <laughs> he voided his oh. bowels. And it's in the movie Death of Stalin. See, here's the thing. I feel bad, but it's Stalin, so I don't really feel bad for him. I know. It's like... I. I don't care. <laughs> but he's like, on the floor of his, in the dock is like his like resort. 
he's effectively bedridden, but he's not dead. He's like had a like, uh, basically they chalked it up that he actually had a stroke and then the cerebral hemorrhage happened. And so well, he was. Don't they think he's dead for a little bit before like yeah, something happens like, and then he's dude. not dead because he's, he's alive for a little bit? Yeah, no, they thought he was dead and they all like tried to carry him to his bed and they're like, oh god, what will we do? And he's still fucking alive. <laughs> By the way, talking about if you haven't seen the movie Death of Stalin, I can't recommend that movie enough. No, dude, it's the funniest movie because it's done all by British actors, but they don't even like try to do the Russian accents because that's Steve the whole Buscemi's point. Steve Buscemi's in it. Dude, Steve Buscemi's in it. Um, the guy, oh, the get the fuck, the the guy who plays Zhukov is fucking amazing. Oh, the, the general, the guy who plays. Ah, Zhukov. fuck the whole German army. <laughs> I can take a fat lump of flesh and a fucking whisk. I love that guy. God damn it, I love him. Uh, anyway. Uh, so he's fed by spoon. That's, that shouldn't be anywhere near as funny as it actually is. And given various medicines and injections. That's because you could not get that close to him if he wasn't in that state. You and can't then feed Stalin by spoon. It gets better, though. It gets better because he has leeches applied to him during his... And then the reason why they go and do this, like, they did, like, multiple attempts. And the reason why is because he fucking purged all the doctors. He fucking thought there was a Jewish conspiracy, so he just sent all of the capable doctors to the fucking, like, the concentration camps and killed them all. And now he's yeah. like, you really fucking shot yourself in the ass here, buddy. It's ironic. And he effectively dies. The irony uh, that it's strong. Ooh, the irony's real strong. Anyway, so he dies on March 5th of 1953. Um, it takes four days to die, goddamn. And was provided a grand procession through Moscow. Um, actually, fun fact, the deaths related to him don't stop there. Because he fucking his funeral. There was, there was a fucking... Like, there were so many people, because people were so, like, in-depthly, like, now brainwashed into loving him, that he was... <laughs> there were so many people in Moscow, they fucking suffocated in the streets. Like, that's not even a joke. Gosh. That was an actual thing. And I'm like, fuck me. Anyway. So, let's go right to the misconceptions. With a little bit of brevity here. <laughs> okay. I can't fucking do that. Uh, Stalin is a Russian. Um, that's number one on the list. Uh, if you all haven't been fucking listening, shame on you. But, uh... Georgia! <laughs> Georgia! Not the state in Georgia, Georgia, but more the country. <laughs> anyway, uh, perhaps this one, the one that Stalin's Russian has just chalked up the basic ignorance of the ethnic map of the Soviet Union. Because a lot of people associate Stalin's you living could, in Moscow. You could, you could call him a Soviet, but you can't call him a Russian. Hey. <laughs> That sounded like a fucking, like, Billy D. Williams. Some it sounded whisper. like I was trying to do something from, like, a Western movie. Yeah. You know, sitting behind the counter of the bar. You call him a Soviet, but you can't call him a Russian. It sounds like Matthew McConaughey. I want the Lincoln. <laughs> That's more Bill Clinton, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Bill Clinton did Lincoln commercials. Lincoln. I want a Lincoln, Hillary. <laughs> Fuck! Anyway, um, so the idea of Stalin being a Russian is false. He's born and considered himself a Georgian, and he spoke Russian with a really heavy accent. Like, he is, like, totally... But who's going to make fun of that man? <laughs> uh, he has funny accent. <laughs> Just shoots him like fucking Jesus. Anyway, it's so... my accent funny now? <laughs> I know. So this one, this one may trigger you, but I, I'm saying this is just... It was, okay. it was a majority on there, so just... I didn't choose this one to piss you off, but people... Okay. This is why I said that just, some... Just, just please tell me what it is. Okay. Stalin was not trying to destroy the Ukraine. Or Stalin was trying to destroy the Ukraine. That's the misconception. Wait. <laughs> the look on his face, he's holding it back. You can you can talk please, about no, it. No, please, please go ahead. No, uh, so basically, and again, um, this is coming off the core website. I hate to say it, but sometimes when we do... When I do research, like, finding misconceptions is hard because they don't always exist. They're like... 
spoken word misconceptions, but like there's nobody ever writes them down, so there's no like way to like truthfully like like this is a thing. Um, apparently, according to this, like many believe that this because of the amount of deaths that come out of the Ukraine from the collectivization famines that I would totally understand. Like, I'm not even saying, like, oh, that's bullshit. No, I would see, like, if you're causing that many people to die, you may have a problem with them. Stalin was noted to have eliminated a number of unfavorable policies from the czars in the Ukraine and placed emphasis on education and literacy for its individuals, consolidated land from other neighboring nations for the Ukraine, which included Poland, I think, was a big one. And then there were other, like, Latvia and areas around it. Or no. Yes. No. I fucking... For some reason, I immediately assumed that Georgia was, like, in Eastern Europe proper. I think Georgia's, like, in that South Western area. Anyway. Um, it, so, basically, and, and sort of there's, like, a dark part to this because his education... Oh, this is the dark part. The education and literacy bit is, like, you'll learn to read and write. Or else. Like, or else what? Yeah. Be able to be hooked on finance or I'll fucking kill your family. Anyway, um, the misconception appears... You usually get hooked on finance or get hooked on bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you get hooked on meat hooks. Hey. Anyway, uh, the misconception appears to come from many factors, primarily the logical assumption that he was a genocidal madman that didn't respect human life, but it's also from active Western propaganda, this I actually found, that was kind of meant to undercut the communist regime in Kiev. Okay. They No, it became more widespread. Like, it, the reality is, yes... He hated, like, apparently he, I don't know if he hated countries or if he just hated, like, like, people. I don't fucking know, man. I don't know. Bro, but when you kill that many people. I know, right? I, I, I disagree with that assumption. I disagree with it, too. That's I, I, feel like there, that's, man. I feel like that's a conception. I don't feel like that's a misconception. That's, yeah, and to be honest, it, it, it's probably a conception that he fucking, like, wanted to wipe people out. I disagree. I don't know. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> Challenge. Challenge. <laughs> Coach McCarthy. Coach, Coach McCarthy. There were about 50 million of them that in, died. Why are you in Dallas, Coach McCarthy? <laughs> 1963. Oh anyway. no. Anyway. Did you just say Coach McCarthy Did killed JFK? Maybe. Shit, You'll was, never be able to prove it. That was deep. All right. Anyway, <laughs> that's like a that's like an Inception level shit. Anyway, um, number three. This one I have because I my personal thing I hate about it is when people try to compare and contrast like dictators to each other. <laughs> we just did that. We did that. Yeah, we did. That. We're fucking hypocrites. Yeah, get over it, internet. I get it. Anyway, <laughs> this opinion states that on sheer casualty numbers alone, Stalin's death toll, approximately 60 million, overshoots Hitler's, which is six to seven million, and therefore makes him the worst of the dictators. The reality is that the numbers of the people cited are skewed to include the number of soldiers killed in combat, the Holodomor which is basically like their own version of the Holocaust, and the famines and all the political executions. Additionally, it should be noted that it should not matter who was the worst of the two if they were equally horrific mass murderers. The origins of this misconception come from the fact that many Hitler-slash-Nazi apologists use these numbers to justify that there was a bigger and badder fish in the genocidal pond. Okay, well, I get why you don't like it because of that. But I also think it's completely valid to talk about who was worse. No, I mean, by sheer numbers, yeah, he was But worse. if you're going to be a son of a bitch and try to say Hitler was not as bad because That's what that. I'm saying. Like, most people most people would actually use that as an excuse. But, yeah, but like, overshoot the 60, approximately 60, probably somewhere in the range of 70 to 90. I don't fucking know. There's a lot of people. It's in that range from 60 to 90, according to, like, a study. Like, they don't know. They're still finding people buried in the woods. Like, no joke. 
It, you you shrugged that off like it wasn't a no, big deal. No, I shrugged like that's awful, but I don't know what to say to that. No, I mean, but that's the thing. We don't know what to say to that because it's like, yeah, I'm not saying that one is worse than the other because I'm afraid of being like the Hitler's not as bad guy. <laughs> now, as a caveat, when we when I when I brought up the stuff earlier about talking about people to put on the evil mountain, Hitler's the mountain there. Evil, They're all there. Okay, but the point is like, I'm not saying that that either one is more evil than the other one. Basically, just, what we're saying, I think it's. I think it's a fun debate. Basically, for lack of a better term. It's a, that should be something that people do in school. <laughs> Mountains of evil. What's your mountain of evil? This is why I don't currently have a job as a history teacher. Man, I... That, I'd get fired over that one. Real fast. What debate? Who is the worst dictator? Harvey Weinstein. He's not a dictator, but okay, I'll take it. Jimmy, no. Jimmy, no. Harvey Weinstein's fucking awful. And he's probably just as bad as a dictator, but he's not a dictator. Yeah, I know. Probably, no, he was just as bad as a dictator. He was just as bad as a dictator. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. I'll take the word probably out of there. Yeah, I know. Well, I'll get rid of the qualifier. Probably. Anyway, um, yeah, so basically, though, it, it should be stated that if anywhere were to use that argument, yeah, numbers-wise, if we take it completely and objectively, that's true, right? He is the worst. The worst person of the two. But between the two, in terms of just actions alone, they're equally terrible. That being said, if you still want to shoot us recommendations for the Mountain of Evil, please do. Yeah, do it. <laughs> anyway. During the Stalin years... Okay, this is number four. I like this one because this is a general misconception here. Um, number four, during the Stalin years, you just had to keep quiet and you would be fine. Uh, that's bullshit because while the majority of notable people who would be executed would lead us to believe that those that spoke out got a bullet in the back of the head, there is actually the reality that a lot of people in the range of like the thousands to tens of thousands would be placed on trial and executed where there would be fabricated crimes and fabricated evidence. And in many cases, this was innocent individuals, like everyday you and me people. Like, like nobody nobody would even fucking know their name anymore. Wrong place, wrong time. Basically. So. Or, or, or in most cases, too, it, it depended. Maybe it was politics. Because I know that a lot of people would rat other people out in, oh, yeah. in those situations, like to secure their own lives. Yeah, it was really bad. No, no, yeah. It was a, it was a fucking really... Like, it was a fucking piranha pond. It really was. And uh, the idea if here... If you had any sense of morals in Soviet Russia, chances are you probably die. It was basically... Yeah, pretty much. Uh, or you would be exiled, if you were lucky. Um, fabricated crime, fabricated evidence. In it, yeah, okay. Uh, basically, they were being arrested as pawns in the political chess game that was being played in government administrations, in the factories and farms, as well as, like, just this, like, idea of a set class-centered paranoia, where people would be like... Dimitri has more potatoes than me. He is clearly Western spot. And I just fucking, there would be no, like, well, that fucking sounds completely insane. Or would be insane. like, I saw this dude taking another chicken into his shed. He's hoarding chickens. Dude, that, that's a totally reasonable reaction to go and kill this man and his entire family. Like, he's hoarding chickens? Shoot him! Just tell the guy, tell the local tax collector. He's... Tax collector, yeah. Tell the local death squad to go and get it. Uh, the basis on this uh, misconception is basically that the fact that people rarely pay attention to the everyday individuals who are swept up in the NKVD's net, and later the KGB. So this is this false idea. It was just kind of like this false idea of shut up and survive sort of took shape, right? Because most people notice like, oh, like writers and actors and you know artists and shit like that. Those are the people we we notice. But like the average people, nobody gives a shit about them. I'm, I give a shit, but most people don't give a shit. That's true. Lucas gives a shit. I give a shit. Lucas gives so many fucks right now. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm not laughing at the fucks I give. I'm just laughing at you saying that. Okay. Right, <laughs> Number five. The victims of Stalin's terror were few and unnoticed. I fucking disagree. <laughs> that's absolutely oh, that's wrong. False. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Many inside Would the... Would we really need to cover that one? That I one, fucking really seems... feel like I should. Um, many inside the Russian Federation and the neighboring countries believe that in actuality, the death toll... Like, this is a thing. Like, I looked at, like, RT fucking articles. I'm not even joking. I'm pretty sure that they have a tag on me now. Like, like both the NSA and the KGB or the GRU or oh, whatever. Probably. Anyway, um, fucking come and That's get me, bro. That's what you get for being a historian. That's what you get for being the fucking college-educated guy. You get shot. <laughs> No, you just get a lot of tags. I've definitely searched things I guarantee you put me on list for research. Oh, buddy, I'm pretty sure that... <laughs> oh, I bet you, yeah. Uh, we have done it, too. Anyway, uh, so the Russian Federation and the neighboring countries believe that in actuality, the death toll from Stalin's terror was far less than what it was reported to be, and that it was actually a quiet affair, which quiet may be when you take him out to the woods where nobody can hear you scream. Um... The reality that pokes a hole in this balloon is the, the real numbers tell us that movements like the dekulakization... I love that fucking word because it doesn't. It doesn't sound like an actual word. It sounds like I'm pronouncing it wrong. Basically, it's just taking away wealthy farmers. Pretty right? much, even though those people probably weren't wealthy at all. Wealthy-ish. Wealthy-ish, yeah, I know. They had a slight country, advantage. They had three more potatoes. Yeah, I know, right? Dimitri has to go. And so, <laughs> he had to make an executive decision. Somebody had to go. Anyway, oh, no. um, it's almost and so that in the political and social purges absolutely decimated both the rural and the urban population of the Soviet Union. And almost everyone in the 1930s had been affected. So apparently it was approximately like one in ten people were taken or like a good chunk of like the whole population knew somebody who had been taken. And many people peddled this I called it peddled this bullshit because they were apologists for Stalin and wanted to draw attention away from the high death toll. Because he's still actually he's actually revered in Georgia still. I know. <laughs> Pull right, well, his statues down everywhere else, but fucking Georgia. All right, this is getting depressing. What's the last? Number six. One? What's the last one? Stalin industrialized the Soviet Union. <laughs> this man do anything. This one's kind of a misconception and kind of not. This is I wanted to end on like a slight, like giving him credit for this. Um, the money post. Give the man credit for this. Give the man credit. Just wade through the bodies. It's fine. Anyway. Kick a few skulls away. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Hey man, you can't you can't make it. I'm Push the skull to the side. You see the industrial <laughs> man. You can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Oh, you just put the skulls in the brickies and make the just, fucking factory. Just like the fucking wall of Great Wall of China. Anyway, just put a few skulls in there. Anyway, help with the help be sturdy. So, I love this one because. Many post-Soviets and annoying historical hipsters, I put that in myself, <laughs> believe that Stalin effectively secured industrialization for the communist nation through his five-year plans. The... Re- I love five-year plans weren't even five years sometimes. They were the last like, ten fucking years. I thought it was the last one they had. It was like from 1985 <laughs> to 1995. And then from there, they're like, let's do another one. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Perestroika! They were so good. They were great. They didn't move. Oh, God. Well, they were fucking effective somewhere, I guess. <laughs> Maybe a couple of them. I <laughs> know. Anyway, um, so the reality is that what Stalin did for the Soviet Union in terms of industrialization was a case of good place, good time for him. Because Stalin had had very little control over the speed and scope of industrialization for the Soviet Union and had come after those who had actively tried to stop it because, like I said, the czars, Nicholas I and Nicholas II, absolutely pushed against it for some unbeknownst fucking reason. I don't know why. <laughs> that's a king that's genuinely an idiot. And then Lenin, of all people, 
who is like the workers, the workers in the factories. He didn't want it either. He literally said he was planning on shooting anybody who advocated it. Like what? What the fuck? I, I don't know, man. That's that's new to me. It's apparently, man. Apparently. So anywho, um, yeah, it was like a maybe he said it when he had his stroke. I don't fucking know. Anyway, um, he was a potato. Um, he didn't actively try to stop it. So it was not, it was more of like an act of economic nature than something like one person good control. Sure. Right? Because at some point in time, that levy had to break and they had to just start like catching up. And they really did try in the like the 50s, the 60s until Brezhnev when they're like, stagnation, that's what we need. <laughs> Fuck it, man. So anyway, that's the end of my spiel. All right, I got some quotes for everybody. Let's fucking go, some boys and girls. Some beautiful quotes. Uh, Jake, don't look at the quotes. I'm, I'm not looking at the quotes. I'll face the other yeah, side good, of the wall. Good, 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 good. I want this to be natural for you. I want this to be natural. I want it to be organic. Yeah. I'm a quote hipster. I'm kidding. Jesus. Quote, num- quote number uno. Death is the solution to all problems. No man, no problem. Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> yes, would I you really it. expect a man who killed as many people as he did to not say something like that? He's like, he's like a fucking school shooter. I hate to say it because they're like, one death is kind of sad, but the rest is fun. It's like, no. I need people who say he didn't have it. He didn't have anything against the Ukraine. You don't kill that many people in a country without. <laughs> I know it's bullshit. Uh, the death of one man is a tragedy. The death of Thank millions you. is a statistic. Yeah, I like that one. He actually didn't say that, apparently, but he did say that. I don't know what the... the I couldn't put that one well, in Well, I mean, I, I can see him saying it. Man, so I learned to say he said it, because fuck him. He's not going to come around and haunt me. Oh, absolutely. If the opposition disarms, well and good. If it refuses to disarm, we shall disarm it ourselves. <laughs> That's great. I like that one. Quote number four. In the Soviet army, it takes more courage to retreat than advance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. When you get a machine gun pointed behind you, you definitely do. Go forward. <laughs> forward or die. Forward or you'll go Man, backwards. Anyway, you like go forward or you'll go backwards real fast. I want to, I want to I want to say a quote that I really, really like from a movie, which means Two men enter into battle, one man carries rifle, one man carries ammo. Man with rifle dies, man with ammo picks up the rifle and continues the fight. <laughs> oh gosh. You cannot make a revolution with ski gloves. <laughs> what? Wait, yeah. I'm sorry, what? That's a real thing he said. You cannot Silk. make a revolution with ski gloves. Silk gloves, buddy. Silk gloves. <laughs> well, you know, it's still stupid. Man, you know what? I don't know how many revolutions have been used with ski gloves, so I'm going to give you that one. It's great. Silk gloves don't still. I mean, what the hell? Oh, uh, whoops. <laughs> uh, we don't let them have ideas. Why would we let them have... Why would we let them have guns? <laughs> That's almost like a joke. That's fucking funny. That's like a joke. Why would we let them have guns? That was a Stalin joke. That's a joke. That's a knee slapper nice right there. Nice little Stalin slam. He's a singer. It's a Stalin slapper. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like a sex act. Is that close to the rusty trombone? Oh, no. Uh, when we hang the capitalists, they will sell us the rope we use. Oh, that's, that's actually kind of funny. That's the last quote. I love that. Uh, oh man. Those are my Stalin, my Stalin quotes. Those are your Stalin slappers. Stalin slappers. Tune in next week for some more Stalin slappers. Nope. Actually, next week, Jake. Hey. Jake, next week. Waiting. Guess who we're gonna be talking about? This fucking dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. Guess who we're gonna be talking about? 
Mr. Joseph McCarthy. Yes! Wisconsin's own. Appleton, Wisconsin's own. Yeah. Way to go, Appleton. You gave us that fucking I'll tell you what, Jake, just for another curveball, guess who's going to be doing the research next week? You are. Exactly. Which means I'm going to find quotes. (laughs) There's plenty of them. Oh, trust me, buddy. I'm going to find the best ones. Please do. That man... Stop. McCarthy is bad. McCarthy is just... I mean, he was very bad. It's a black a mark. Very bad man. It's a black mark in Wisconsin's history. But you know that's it's fine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh It's not fun, but yeah. Stay tuned next week for that one where we both reminisce on about how sad we are to have that man be from our state. Oh yeah. Uh if you like the Cold War stuff, you're gonna like next week's episode, so stay right tuned. up there with fucking uh, Scott Walker. Alright, fam, bye.